Hello everyone, good evening, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Deplorable Devotees podcast. Now, today was supposed to be hosted by both Jack and myself, but Jack and his family took the day to celebrate his graduation, but we can't let them have all the fun. So, I wanted to take this moment to congratulate Jack on graduating and working hard through all the crap high school throws at you. Also, if any of you would like to congratulate him, there's an option to leave voice messages for us on Anchor. So if you can find it, be sure to give him a shout out or through our Instagram at deplorable.devotee or email deplorabledevotees at gmail.com. Now, uh, speaking of, yesterday's podcast was hosted by Jack and he went through Joe Biden's campaign website. And if you guys haven't heard it, I recommend you go check it out right now before you even listen to this one. Um, But today's episode is going to be a bit less serious than the normal ones uh, as we'll be discussing the dumbest funniest, stupidest, um, semi-racist things that Joe Biden has ever said. Um, Obviously, we can't cover all of them because there are way too many, but uh, we're going to cover some of the major ones. I'm going to start off with some of the more serious ones uh, just to get them out of the way, but as you may have known or may have heard uh, recently, just about yesterday, Um, Biden came out and said this when he was uh, talking with uh, some African-American guy. I don't know who he is, but um, some sort of Zoom call or something. Um, But here's what he said. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or for Trump, then you ain't black. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) honestly, this, this is just, the quote is just sickening to me. And the problem is, that this isn't just a Joe Biden problem. This is something that people in the Democrat Party have said before, or things like this. Now, if you don't believe me, uh, why don't you take Ayanna Presley's quote, no more black faces that don't want to be a black voice, referring to the growing number of African Americans that support Trump nowadays. Or how about Warren, one of Trump's, um, I guess you can call them rivals, running rivals, I don't know what you'd call them. Um, Anyways, somebody who ran against Trump, who said, race matters, and we need to say so. And if you still don't believe me, just go check out all the stupid things that the rest of the squad, along with Ayanna Presley, has said. Um, and you could, you could take a look at AOC and some of the things, like when she's talking to black people, she gave a whole speech, and she completely altered her, her voice when she was talking to a black audience. And she also sort of does it, um, not as much, but it's definitely a little bit... Uh, different when she talked when she has this like she had these like stunts where she would talk to two like black guys and like have some sort of conversation it was kind of odd um i really don't know the, what the point of it was i mean if you want to talk about issues talk about issues i mean what, what's up with the having the two extra guys there but um either way yeah it was just it's just sick and it's it's definitely a pattern um but look it up for yourself look it up for yourself seriously do um you'll be surprised i i guarantee it um, but here, here we go. Let's let's look at some of the other quotes. Um, this one's not as bad as the first one, but I'm going to get into why I think it's pretty bad. Um, so this is Biden talking about the Charlottesville incident, and he said, "Their crazed faces." So he's talking about the neo-Nazis, by the way. Uh, Their crazed faces, illuminated by torches, veins bulging. Which at this point, I'm not sure if he's talking about himself or Pelosi, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's obviously talking about the protesters. But um, uh, anyways, continuing uh, and bearing the fangs of racism chanting the same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. Okay, now now listen to this part. 
They were met by a courageous group of Americans and a violent clash ensued. A brave young woman lost her life. Okay, here's the, that, that's the quote. Um, so this is apparently in response to Trump's statements about the incidents. Um, er, basically, his, his statement about the whole incident where he said that there were good people on both sides of it. Right. And I'm telling you right now, if you've ever heard a Democrat that still tries to push this line that Trump said that there were good people on both sides referring to the neo-Nazis, there's one thing you need to tell them and one thing you need to tell them only. If you believe that he actually was saying that he thought that there were good people on both sides referring to the neo-Nazis, then he would have to have been referring to Coke on the other side, which was Antifa. It was Antifa versus neo-Nazis who were getting violent with each other. Now, there are four groups of this thing. There were the neo-Nazis and Antifa fighting, obviously. That's what they do, both of them. They're, they're lowlifes, as we said in the first episode. Those people are lowlifes, both groups. And we'll do a, a whole episode on Antifa. But the neo-Nazis and all them, lowlifes. Completely lowlifes. Okay? But the other two groups that were there, the one was protesting because the city was trying to take down a Robert E. Lee statue. That's what the whole thing was. They were trying to take down a Robert E. Lee statue, and these people said, Whoa, you're not allowed to do that. That is a historic monument. You can't just take that down. That's not allowed. And so they were they were like suing and everything like this. And so that's why they were protesting. They were there to protest because they were going to take it down illegally, basically. The other side was protesting, hey, we need to change the name of the park. We need to do all this. And I think they ended up did they, I think they did try to change the, the name of the park because it was called Robert E. Lee Park. Um, and I think they they call it Emancipation Park, something like that. So they they were protesting. So there were there were groups that were protesting peacefully, and then the neo Nazis and Antifa showed up. And so, if we're gonna, if we are gonna turn this on on Trump and say, well, he said that there are good people on both sides, so he must be talking about the neo Nazis on the one side. Well, okay, let's put that on Biden now. So if he's gonna say that there was a group of courageous Americans there, well, then why don't we flip that on Biden and say, oh, so he's saying Antifa is courageous now? Isn't that it? Isn't that awesome? See, this is the whole stupid thing about this double standard that these these Democrats want to push. Because I still hear them to this day pushing this thing. And every single conservative has has basically just debunked this. And you know, at this point, I've just been thinking that, I mean, I've just assumed that most of them knew what they were, most of them knew that it was wrong, but they just didn't want to admit it. But, but, I think in the case of Biden, I'm willing to make an exception. But now let's move on to the next one. Ah. Okay, here we go. This one is a little funny, but also kind of bad. Um, so his mom lived in Long Island for 10 years or so. God rest her soul. And er, also she's... Wait, your mom's still alive? It's your dad who passed. God bless her soul. I gotta get this straight. <laughs> oh. I think the best part is... So this... The, the, the best part is he he knew that this lady lived in Long Island for 10 years. So he had to know things about her and had to have at least been either researched it or had been told what to say. So either whoever told him what to say was wrong or he researched this lady and still screwed up. But either way, why at a St. Patrick's Day celebration would you bring up the supposed death of this guy's family member? This just seems awkward either way you spin it. But all right, let's move to the next one. Oh, this one's so bad. This one's bad, guys. I'm telling you. Oh, this one's so bad. Okay, here's the quote. Stand up, Chuck. Let him see you. I just soak that in. Yeah, you probably guessed it. It seems innocent, 
but uh, he was tearing a, he was telling a paraplegic man to stand up in the middle of, of a rally. So this guy's in a wheelchair, and he was telling him to stand up. But, okay, after Biden then tried to recover by saying, Oh God, love you, what am I talking about? I tell you, you're making everybody else stand up though, pal. Uh, thank you very, very much. You can tell I'm new. Now, well, this whole quote was just pitiful. At least there's some enjoyment in the fact that Biden says that he basically has nobody, no idea what he's talking about, which is generally the case. And that he's new to this, which definitely isn't the case, because he's been in politics a very long time. Um, but he's basically admitting twice that he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. So <laughs> at least there's something, something good to come with this quote, other than just youch. Um, okay, this one, this next one is him talking about busing. So we're getting kind of back into the, the sort of racism topic. Um, a rejection of the entire black awareness concept, where black is beautiful, black culture should be studied, and the cultural awareness of the importance of their own identity, their own individuality. So, yeah, as, as I was saying, he's basically here, he's opposing busing, which would allow the desegregation of schools that were predominantly black or predominantly white, and basically sending kids to different schools to kind of, um, basically to, to mix it up, I guess. Um, and there's two points that kind of need to be addressed here. First is Biden is basically pushing them, or pushing for the separate but equal mentality here, if he's saying that they should be separated from each other and have predominantly white schools and predominantly black schools and that that's okay you know and that that's not something that we should sort of get people more accustomed to other races and things like that because isn't that the whole point of what the democrats want is they want exposure to other races so you can see oh these people aren't that bad you know i mean i think that'd be good for some of these idiot neo-nazis out there but anyways um the other point i guess would would be that he's saying that desegregation is harmful and destroys people's identities by being associated with children of other races, which is really, really odd for him, considering that during his hairy leg speech, which we'll get into a little bit, he ouch, um, he basically brags about he, how he's the only white worker there, or how he was the only white worker at his like pool where he used to be a lifeguard, and how they all, how all the other workers treated him equally. So why would he not want that same exposure for other kids? You know, if he thought it was a great experience for him. Seems kind of weird to me. But, um, anyways, we'll get to the next one. Um, oh, this one's bad, too. Uh, this is another racism one. Um, I mean, you've got the first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and clean and a nice-looking guy. I mean, that's a storybook, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that one's a little bit self-explanatory. And if you think I'm spinning this, just, just taking this kind of context, even Obama criticized the comment that he made, saying he didn't take it personally, but he said it was not true, uh, historically, sort of kind of saying that there were there were other um, African-American people who ran for president and things like that who are great and all this other stuff. Um, but that was after Biden himself came out and publicly apologized for it. So I'm definitely not just making this up. Like, he definitely said that, not out of context, because Biden, <laughs> Biden and Obama basically both apologized for it. Oh, this next one... Um, they're going to put you all back in chains. So you probably guessed this one again. Um, he was talking to a predominantly African-American audience um, while talking about Mitt Romney's plan for apparently unchaining Wall Street. And uh, while this one can, I mean, this one you can give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because he might not have realized the audience he was talking to. Um, 
but or, or what he was actually saying, which probably is more the case because he never knows what he's actually saying. Um, but either way, it still doesn't look too pretty. Um, okay, this one isn't as racism. It's more his misogynistic sort of past. Um, social norms are changing. I understand that, and I've heard what these women are saying. So this is him trying to apologize for all these women that are coming out and saying that he's basically made them feel uncomfortable, gotten their their personal space, hugged them, you know, all these, this, I mean, the list goes on. There is such a long list of weird, creepy stuff he's done to people. But this was supposed to be his apology, basically saying that social norms are changing. When has it been a social norm that you can do any of the things he does? When has it been a social norm that you can just go up to women and sniff their hair? I don't think that's ever been a social norm. But who knows? I mean, especially now in his lifetime. But anyways, let's get to the next one. Uh, you cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I'm not joking. Now, just my experience. Isn't it always awkward when somebody says, I'm not joking as a joke? But anyways, either way, Biden is talking about a growing uh, Indian American population. Um, he, he said this right in front of an Indian guy. So I'm pretty sure that guy wasn't too happy about that. But, uh, now we can transition here into the, the funny quotes, the just overall, just hilarious, and not as serious ones. So this is kind of where we get into the bulk of it. Um, <laughs> and here's the hairy legs quote I was talking about before. If you haven't heard this one, it is just too funny. Uh, but here it goes. Uh, and by the way, you know, I sit on the stand, obviously he's talking about being a lifeguard, um, and it gets hot. I got hairy legs that, and then he goes and stutters for like five minutes, um, that turn blonde in the sun, and the kids used to come up to it and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I'd learned about roaches. I mean, I don't know what he's talking about, roaches there. I've, I've listened to this speech, and there's no context for that. He just says roaches. I, I, I guess he's referring to kids on it as roaches. I, I don't know what that is, but anyways. Um, I learned about kids jumping on my lap, and I loved kids jumping on my lap. Which is, yeah, just creepy in general. And he said this during a speech where he invited a bunch of kids up from the audience. Every single kid in the audience he invited up to the stage, or to behind the podium, basically. And during the course of the speech, he was talking about getting into fights with people, people getting beaten up. He says the D word accidentally in front of the kids, which he actually, which he actually surprisingly tried to cover it up, because most of the time he has no clue what he's saying. But um, right before he said all this, he put his arm around one little girl that was standing to, the, to his right, and it was just really awkward. And then right after, he stared directly down at the young kids to his left for like an awkward moment that kind of just lasted a bit too long. But to be fair, nobody knows what he's talking about most of the time. And he goes from, in the speech at least, and he goes from name dropping people that no one has heard of. I mean, he, he talks about people from his past and just name drops, name drops, name drops. And, and you're just sitting there listening like, I don't know who these people are. This is on TV. Like, this is on TV. And this guy's just name dropping, name dropping. Nobody knows who these people are. Keep going with the speech, would you? I mean, it is just such a confusing speech. I don't see what the point of it was supposed to be. Uh, but of course, at the beginning, he was talking about how he he was the only white worker amongst a, a mostly like African-American workers or something. 
And so he said that it was a good experience for him. And that was basically the only thing <laughs> that he ever talked about. Honestly, the only thing I got from the speech was a loss of respect for my job as a lifeguard, which is the job, obviously, he used to have. So kind of it's awkward that I have the same job as that guy. But um, anyways, the next quote is just great. Uh, I'm a gaff machine. So obviously this one's just too funny because he outright admits that he's he basically just says a bunch of dumb stuff. But the funny thing is, the best part is he tries to use this to bash Trump. So he goes on to say, but my God, what a wonderful thing compared to a guy who can't tell the truth. Now, of course, that whole statement is just loaded with irony. But my favorite part is that that's obviously a lie because even if even if Trump doesn't tell the truth, which, I mean, he does. You, you can't really say he never does anyways. Um, but the funny thing is, Biden has a habit of not telling the truth in his gaffes. And because that's the nature of a gaffe, is not telling the truth. So what's the difference there? I mean, if, if you say a gaffe, that is inherently not saying the truth. Am I wrong about that? But anyways, I just think that's too funny. Uh, all right, next thing. Um, okay, Th this one's funny. All right, look, John's last-minute economic plan does nothing to tackle the number one job facing the middle class, and it happens to be, as Barack says, a three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S. Now, this one's also pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. Just go and do the math on that one, but I do sincerely hope that he didn't just make this up and Obama actually did say the same thing because that would be hilarious. Um, but anyways, the next one's also about Barack Obama. Um, a man I'm proud to call my friend, a man who will be the next president of the United States, Barack America. And honestly, I, I mean, I think they should have ran with this one because this may have been one of the only moment where Biden's stupidity could have actually helped them out a little. <laughs> but it's still pretty funny. He can't even remember his running mate's name. But, all right, next one. Um, when the stock market crashed, oh, this one's this one's bad. When the stock market crashed, Franklin D. Roosevelt got on the television and didn't just talk about the, you know, the princes of greed. Some say the principles of greed. I'm not sure what the actual quote is. Um, but that entire sentence, I'm hoping you caught that because that entire sentence is just plain wrong. See, I don't even know if you can call this one a gaffe. We're just plain, like, ignorance and stupidity. Because, to put it into perspective, as many of you know, FDR was not the president during the stock market crash. It was Hoover, and he was basically subsequently blamed for pretty much everything that happened. Um, and they called it Hoovervilles and things like that. It was not good. Basically, he was blamed for everything. So, it is very apparent that Hoover was the president during that time. And FDR obviously came in right after him. Um, and at the time... The only televisions that were even around at all were experimental. So they, they were just sorting, sort of trying to figure out the television. And FDR was famous for using radio to communicate with the American people through fireside chats. So either way, it's a big lose-lose for Biden. Uh, next one. Um, Hillary Clinton is as qualified or more qualified than I am to be vice president of the United States of America. And then and later on he says, it might have been a better pick than me, but she's first rate. I mean that sincerely. She is first rate. <laughs> See, <laughs> I would say this statement couldn't be more true, but 
it's about Hillary. So, honestly, for me, it's a kind of a toss-up, which is worse. But, at least there's a man out there who appreciates her. And you guys know what I mean by that. Bill, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Next one. Um, if we do everything right, if we do it with absolute certainty, we stand up there and we make really tough decisions, there's still a 30% chance we're going to get it wrong. <laughs> so, the point of this is if you're doing everything right, and you're doing it with absolute certainty, then you, by definition, cannot get it wrong. But either way, wouldn't it be nice if the Democrats took this one to heart and set aside only 30% of things to attack Trump on? I mean, could you imagine what a different world we'd be living in? I mean, I can't even imagine. But instead, it's 100% of the things he does, he gets wrong. At least in their eyes. Isn't that weird? But, ah, whatever. Now, here's the next one. Um, this is this is Biden apparently being Notre Dame over here. I, I don't know what's going on, but we're gonna have an international crisis, a generated crisis to test the metal of this guy. So, isn't it always great when your running mate curses your presidency from the get-go? I mean, I don't know if y'all believe in superstition, but apparently Biden seems to. But hey, he wasn't wrong, and as he admits, they are wrong 30% of the time. So this is one of this is the seventy percent of the time when he is correct because they definitely had some international crises, and if they were generated crisis, I think that's even funnier because that's basically saying Biden's going to create some sort of crisis for him. But anyways, let's keep going. Uh, okay, so this now is during one of those crises, um, the the sort of swine flu pandemic that they had, right? Um, and this one's just too good in the context of the time and our context. Uh, so I'll read it to y'all. I would tell members of my family, and I have, I wouldn't go anywhere in confined places now. It's not that it's going to Mexico, whatever that means. It's you're on a confined aircraft. When one person sneezes, it goes all the way through the aircraft. That's me. I would not be, at this point, if they had another way of transportation suggesting they ride the subway. Um. So it's kind of weird. I don't know if he's actually suggesting they ride the subway or if they don't, but um, this whole thing was doing it was during the the swine flu epidemic when when Obama was trying to tell everybody to stay calm and Biden goes out and ruins it basically by saying this saying yeah I keep my family away from everything I keep them off the planes I do all this <laughs> basically the and I think the funny part is how is it that the Obama administration can get away with trying to downplay the pandemic and basically go after Biden for not downplaying the pandemic, but Trump gets attacked for trying to maintain an image of calm by not wearing a mask. And like, he doesn't want to spread fear. He doesn't wear a mask. He, he basically was trying to say, hey, we'll stay calm. We'll get through this together. And what does he get for it? I mean, what does he get for it? He just gets attacked. And the funny thing is, the media said the same thing from the beginning too. But all, the only person who gets attacked is him. So it's just stupid to me. And the funny thing is, Obama reacted way worse to the the whole uh, pandemic than Trump did. And even members of the Obama administration or somebody admitted that they got lucky, that they that the swine flu uh, scientifically should have been a much bigger problem, and probably either equal to or bigger than the coronavirus. But they got lucky that it just dissipated when it did. And the funny thing is. Obama didn't call a national emergency until after a thousand deaths. You know how many it took for Trump? One. 
So if if you're gonna if you're gonna criticize somebody, go after Obama's administration for trying to basically hide it and hiding it until it got to the point where it was just of no return and getting lucky, basically. But anyways, I about the whole subway part. <laughs> I wonder if this is where Cuomo got his idea to keep the subways open, because otherwise his decision to limit cars on the road and restrict busing doesn't make much sense. Because it doesn't make much sense at all. Because as Joe said, they're cramped spaces. But as you know. Democrats eat up everything that China and, and the World Health Organization who says. So they probably believed when they claimed that it couldn't be spread from human-to-human contact when Taiwan, Taiwan clearly proved it. But either way, that's a whole separate issue, obviously, altogether. All right, and here's the next one. Um, <laughs> oh, this one's bad. Um, why don't you say something nice instead of being a smart democrat logo all the time okay so this is clean content y'all um i have to basically when i when i publish these episodes i have to say that I, this, this is clean content or explicit content so i'm gonna have to say one cuss word and make this explicit content so just just think in the context of democrat logo you'll get what i'm saying um so i can't exactly say what biden said obviously um but he's definitely got a dirty mouth on him and he's got a history of, of, of kind of blurting out cuss words as he did with the um, Harry Lake speech, and just kind of, kind of just snapping at people. Like, did y'all see that one time when he, he yelled at the reporter, got all on his face? He's like, why, 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 why? And he's like, you're getting nervous, pal. That kind of stuff. You remember that? That was so weird. I mean, I, dude, I'd be nervous too. The guy is creepy. Him getting up in my face? Oof. That's creepy stuff. I mean, that guy is just a creep. Obviously, I mean. I wish I could do this episode on all the creepy stuff he's done, but honestly, that's probably more of like a YouTube sort of thing. I can't just like show you the weird stuff he's done, but I can sort of like explain it, I guess. But man, if I, if I did this episode on the creepy stuff he's done, this thing would be like five hours long. But anyways, let's keep going. Um, but I think, I think this is funny too, because the context of this was he went to an ice cream shop and basically the guy said... Um, the manager said that he would give him free ice cream if he, if basically he would lower taxes, which obviously was a joke, but Biden just completely snaps at him. I think it's funny. I mean, mate, hey, if the ice cream was good though, maybe he should recommend it to Pelosi. <laughs> She'll go there. You know how much she loves ice cream. All right, well, let's get to the next one. Um, next quote. Um, now it's time to heed the timeless advice from Teddy Roosevelt. Speak softly and carry a big stick. I promise you, the president has a big stick. I promise you. <laughs> okay, Biden has a way too many of these innuendo moments. But this one almost, this one almost tops the list. We have the other two that I think top this one on this list. This one's just too funny. And honestly, thinking about the quote, what, since when have Democrats actually respected Roosevelt? I mean, legitimately, when? They don't like Roosevelt. At least from my perspective. Anyways, let's keep going. They are... Okay, so this one this one was a little bit long, um, so I kind of condensed it a little bit. But, um... May our hinges of our friendship never go rusty. Well, with these two folks that you're about to meet, if you haven't already... I mean, well, thanks for that clarification. I mean, obviously, if I haven't met them, then I haven't met them. <laughs> but anyways... Um, there's no doubt about them staying oiled and lubricated here, ladies and gentlemen. Now, for all you who are not full Irish in this room, lubricated has a different meaning for us all. 
so apparently this was supposed to be an Irish saying that his grandfather told him, but he didn't believe it was a real Irish saying anyways. But, uh, but that was hence the Irish part. Yeah, sorry, I didn't get the context of that one. Um, but I'm really not sure being Irish has anything to do with it. I think we just all have the dirty mind on that one. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, the next quote is just, just plain and simple. A successful dump. <laughs> so, in this quote, he was apparently he was just dropping off dead wood in a dump. But even still, in context, how can you help but not take this one out of context? But hey, hey, you gotta give him credit. At least he's proud of it. Alright, here's the next one. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say, without boring you too long at breakfast, and you all look dull as heck. I mean, I might add, I'm not sure if I can say the actual word, so I'm not, I'm not gonna. Uh, the dullest audience I've ever spoken to, just sitting there staring at me. Pretend you like me. Now, other than the audience being incredibly relatable, I don't think that it's even possible to pretend to like the guy. But hey, he, he keeps coming up with new ways to entertain us, at his expense, obviously. But still, you gotta give him credit. <laughs> uh, here's the next one. <laughs> this is one of the, I think this is the funniest innuendo one right here. But, um, folks, I can tell you I've known eight presidents three of them intimately. Honestly, when I first heard this one, I was just dying. It's just too funny. Too funny. But yeah, obviously, I, I, this is a clean, so I can't explain why, but if you get the joke, you get the joke. Um, and that, that concludes our, uh, our gaff list of quotes, I guess, that I was going through. Um, however, I do want to point out two kind of just dumb things he's done and that kind of in my opinion sort of lead into all this so back in the day he was apparently accused of plagiarizing uh well he's been accused of plagiarizing on a couple instances but he was, he was accused of plagiarizing on one of his papers in law school and then also uh, in a speech that he gave for his run for president in 1988 he basically copied it word from word from another guy who he had previously said that he liked, like, basically, who he, he said that he was a supporter of this guy, or, like, liked this guy or something. And he, he, he'd referenced this guy before, but he basically copied this dude's speech word for word, but just changed it for how it fit his own life, right? So he was talking about his family instead of this other guy's family. And people later actually assumed that the mix-up was due to an undiagnosed um, brain problem, because later he had two brain aneurysms following this whole thing. And honestly, if you ask me, that should have been the thing that ended his political career. Because from all these things that it, that's happening to him, and just the, the just crazy, just out of his mind, doesn't know what he's doing, sort of dementia-like, symptom-ish sort of things, I, I think it's still affecting this guy. But um, that's just my personal opinion, um, and that's what I've seen. And I think today, also, in, in part of the news, he said... That he's gonna beat himself in the in the race for presidency. So I didn't add that one. Uh, I should have um, sort of looked at that more. But he he said something about how he wanted to beat himself. He was gonna beat Joe Biden, um, which is just too funny as well. But I think this that's where we're gonna end the, uh, the episode for today. Um, thanks y'all for joining. I had a lot of fun uh, making this episode for sure, and I I liked sort of the the less uh, serious aspect to it. This was just too fun. I like this. I think we're going to do more of these, these sort of comical ones. Uh, 
sometime in the week. But anyways, uh, obviously tomorrow and Sunday we're going to be taking the days off, sort of just gathering new news, um, making sure we can get you guys the best sort of episodes for when we do come back. Um, and we, we do we do actually do research for these episodes, so we don't just we don't just uh, blow smoke to y'all. Obviously, we um, we do look these things up. We we sort of corroborate what we're saying. Um, but if you guys have any sort of criticisms of what we say, or you guys want to uh, put your sort of opinions into it, um, obviously, I said before, you guys can voice message us. Um, so like I, I referenced when I was talking with about Jack graduating, congratulations again. Um, but you guys can message us um, through voice messages on Anchor, apparently. If you guys can find them, I'm not sure. I'm obviously not on y'all's side of it. I'm on the sort of like creating side of it. I'm not on the uh, listening side of it, really. So I don't know how y'all do that, but I know there's a way to do it, um, to leave us voice messages. So if you can f- figure that out, you guys can leave us a message, uh, congratulate Jack, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he definitely deserves it. Um, but also, you guys can go onto our email, email us at deplorabledevotees at gmail.com or deplorable.devotee, singular, so just deplorable.devotee at, um, on Instagram. Obviously, that's our at sign or whatever. Um, and it's a business account, so you guys can basically, you'll see our email on there. Uh, if you wanted to email us, you can DM us there or you can go straight to our podcast site. So if it's a little bit, it might make it a little bit easier. Um, I don't know. My experience, the website version is sort of easier than uh, the app for Anchor. And if you guys don't have any room on your phone for the app, then this is much easier just to go on our, our Instagram and sort of just hit the link to the, the URL to get to our page. And from there, you can just listen to all the episodes. I've done it. Um, so just check that out, guys. Um, and we want to hear from you. And thanks, you guys, for listening. It does mean a lot to us. And uh, y'all stay safe out there. Everybody in the conservative movement, we got your backs. And good night.